All right, well, today I'm going to talk about prayer. I'm not going to do an in-depth word study on prayer. I'm just going to look at one portion of Scripture. Prayer is interesting in the Old Testament to see the different ways that, that they talk about prayer and what they mean when they say prayer and depending on the circumstances they're in. Um, but we're just going to look at what Jesus had to say today about prayer and um, what we do. And for me, prayer was difficult growing up. Maybe it's just personality and the energy level. I had a hard time with prayer and sticking with prayer, but I've, I've started creating some routines and some habits in my life that have helped me with prayer to keep it a normal thing. And so I'm going to talk about that today a little bit too. Um, when we think about Christian practices, a lot of people, we, we think about Bible reading, we think about prayer, we think about charity and giving and, and like worship of God and time, time with God that way. Um, we, a lot of people refer to them as practices, and I do, I do want to emphasize that some of these things just have to be practiced. Some people think that if it, if it doesn't come easy, it's just not for them or something, but a lot of these are practices, a lot of these are um, it's, it's, it's a discipline for us because, especially in our world today, our mind, our mind has so much thrown at it and everything's everywhere. Um, but, but prayer can really help with that. Prayer can help with that. It's kind of hard to tackle for some people. Some people just find it boring. Um, when they think about prayer, they think, uh, you see, they're just sitting there tapping their foot. They're kind of, they're done, they're bored. And that's, that's normal for some people. Some people, this was me, I used to get, if, if, I would, if I would enter into a time of prayer when I could focus and do it, sometimes I'd just get sleepy and I would fall asleep. It was peaceful, and evidently my body enjoyed that peace a little too much, and I would just fall asleep. Um, some people just don't start with prayer or don't spend much time on prayer because they, they feel like they don't know how. Um, or some people may feel like they tried it and it didn't work for that week that they tried it. They felt like it didn't work as if, Let's, let's, we're going to have to break that paradigm down. What about prayer has to work? Um, some people just forget. They get extremely busy, and, and they, they forget about prayer. And then some people feel, um, and this is an identity issue that people have to work through, some people feel like God doesn't want to talk to them. So they don't go for it. They feel maybe there's some shame for whatever reason in their life, and it, it, God still wants to talk to you regardless of how you feel about yourself. How you feel about yourself is not reflected by how God feels about you. And you need to spend time with God so that you can start feeling the way that God feels about you, about yourself. So those are, those are reasons why prayer can be hard for a lot of people to tackle. Um, I was listening, I was talking with someone about prayer. I was listening to them and they were like, I just wish that, you know, Prayer being important that Jesus would have told us what to do with prayer. And uh, I was like, well, he did. So, so let's look at that. Let's, let's talk about Matthew 6. Um, and it's the, it's the section with the Lord's Prayer. And I, I want to I look at the Lord's Prayer today, and I don't want to look at it. Um, sometimes when things are important and people have been doing it for so long and, and passages of scripture get used so much, it just becomes a tradition and it becomes meaning, meaningless to people. And so I kind of want to talk about that a little bit today as we go through it and just kind of look at it through fresh eyes. Think about what it's saying because 
it's, it's a command of Jesus. Jesus says, pray like this. And let's, let's figure out what he means by pray like this. And so I want to look at Matthew 6. I'm going to read through it first, then we'll just kind of take it apart. And uh, we'll look at what Jesus had to say about prayer. Uh, Matthew 6. So this is during what some people call the Sermon on the Mount, or what you can translate to Jesus teaches on the kingdom. So this is part of Jesus' kingdom teachings. This is part of kingdom life. Um, Matthew 6, 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So we've heard that before. Maybe even before we became Christians, we would see it in Hollywood. A lot of old movies, they had something was going on, they'd break out the Lord's Prayer. And then you get into the horror movies. You know, if you say the horror... The, the Lord's Prayer, that whatever horrible thing is going on is going to stay away from you and the demon will stay in the corner. You just word it with the Lord's Prayer. And so some people think about the Lord's Prayer and they're only thinking about it through like how they were first exposed through, through Hollywood. Um, as far as an exorcistic prayer, not really an exorcistic prayer. The Bible has exorcistic prayers. It's not really that. I think it's just that because the Lord's Prayer was known so much that that was just a general prayer that you would throw into to movies and films. Um, and then for some people, it's just, it's, it's become that dead tradition. Um, this is just maybe something we say at the end of the service, or this is something that we, we do at a certain time and that's its place. Um, you know, and when we look at traditions, not, you know, traditions aren't bad, but we have to look at, is the tradition man-made or is the tradition God-made? So, so with the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, pray like this. That's, that's a God-made tradition. That's not a man-made tradition. Um, communion's another example of something that God said to do. And it might become stuffy for some people. And if it does, you need to reevaluate why it's becoming stuffy for you. Um, the Lord's Prayer is the same way. It's, it's something that God's ordained. So we need to look at it and figure out if it's not working for us. We're not in line with what God wants. We've got to figure that out. Um, so God is telling us to pay attention to this, and, and Jesus said, pray like this. Um, so let's look at the, the verses, and let's keep in mind that the context of the Lord's Prayer is Jesus is on the mountain, he's teaching all these people, and he's teaching the people about the kingdom. So he's not just teaching people generic Jesus teachings that people like to think that he's just instilling wisdom on people. Yes, there's wisdom in everything he says, but he is teaching specifically, this is, this is the kingdom come. This is how we are now. And um, just keep that in mind as we talk, we talk through this. We don't want it to seem like it's just an archaic thing. 
Um, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Uh, He's talking specifically, he's calling out the Pharisees and the Sadducees at this point. Um, When we look at different historians, Josephus talks about this a little bit. He's the famous one that people always refer to. Uh, The Pharisees and the Sadducees, oftentimes they would pray at least three times a day, and they would have their recitations that they would go down of the stuff that they would do. And what they would do is they would be nice and awkward, and they they would go as high as they could upstairs in the public place, and they would pray very loud to show everybody that they were being holy and they were praying. So it wouldn't just be at the temple, but if it was time, they would go and they would like hoist themselves up somewhere and they would declare these prayers and people could see, oh, wow, he, he loves God. He's proclaiming it loudly and boldly in the streets and he's doing that. Well, we also know what Jesus had to say about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, so that's directly what he's, he's talking about. He's talking about the people that just go off in public and are trying to display that. And nowadays, I think culturally, we would just find that very awkward anyway. Um, and if, if we walk out on the street, if we were to see something like that happening, we'd probably think, we, we might automatically in our human hearts judge that person, judge their motives maybe for why they're doing that. And I think a lot of our motives would probably look at what Jesus is calling out of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, Not that you can't pray in public. I'm not saying that. Not saying don't pray in public. Um, But Jesus is saying, don't be like the hypocrites that are praying in public, making everything demonstrable. Um, They just wanted to be heard and seen. And then he counters that with, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Spend some time with the Father. And let's notice again that he's calling him Father. At the time, most rabbis were not calling Yahweh Father. So that's a distinction when Jesus is giving these, these commands here, when he's talking about that, he's addressing, this is a personal thing. This is a personal prayer to your Father. Um, Spending time with your father in a private place, again, doesn't mean you can't pray in public, doesn't mean people don't get together and pray, but he's saying this is how you should pray. He's addressing people as single units. This is how you can get into the mode of praying. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they're going to be heard by their many words. What he's referring to there, it's pretty... Self-explanatory. He's talking about the non-Hebrews. He's talking about those praying to the other gods. And he's specifically taking on Hellenistic culture, which is the Greek culture that's still ingrained in the Roman, the Roman culture at the time. And what they would do, if you, if, you ever, if you want to take a long walk, some not as long, but take your long walk back to high school, if you ever had to read the Iliad or the Odyssey, Whenever these heroes are going to go do their newest journey, they'll get up, they'll declare something, like from their ship or wherever, if they're taking out on a voyage and they want the safety of the gods, and they pray, and they pray, and they pray, and they pray, and they pray. And what they're trying to do is they're motivating these gods. In this case, a lot of times they're talking about the Greek gods. They're trying to motivate the gods by convincing them or earning their blessing on the voyage or 
their blessing in war. And what they're, they're, they're trying to convince these gods, earn it, they're wishing that this will happen and that they would answer. And what Jesus is saying, you don't pray like that. You don't pray like that at all. You don't need to convince your father. You're not trying to earn that from God. It's a very, it's, it's a big distinction culturally. We don't, we don't necessarily think like that anymore, but I believe if we think about our prayer life at times, sometimes I think about like, especially when I was younger, it's like, I'm sick. My stomach hurts. Oh God, if you just keep me from barfing, I'm not going to do this anymore. Or I'm not going to do that anymore. We kind of we still do that when we were younger. Or, oh, if you could just keep me from, keep me from this, I'll just I'll read my Bible more. And so it's kind of like an initial thing that humans tend to do this. And in the Gentile world, that's what they did. And they would get up and they would go to the temple and they would stand on the temple stairs and they would say a 10-minute long prayer asking and for the, the blessing and the good luck to do this or that. And, and God is just saying, that's, that's, not, that's not your God. Um, don't do that. And so then he, he immediately afterwards, he says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. The God that you worship, Yahweh, is omnipotent. He knows it all. He knows what you need before you ask. You don't have to convince him. You don't have to explain the situation to him. You are worshiping the creator God above all gods. This is how you pray. So you're addressing a being that is way above you. And so he's just laying that out there. And he then, after he sets it up, pray then like this. Pray then like this. Oh, looks like we got stuff up there now. Or at least, uh, is this working? No, I got nothing. It's all right. So then he gets into the actual, what we, what we do with the Lord's Prayer. Um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we'll just start there. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We don't really say hallowed much anymore. The only thing I, the only thing I can think of in our culture that we actually talk about like hallowed anymore is when we say Halloween, which comes from All Hallows' Eve, which is in its own thing. Um, but hallowed just means it, it's kind of holy. It's set apart, but hallowed is different because when you look into the definition of holy, some people think holy, and they think that that just means you're righteous or you're doing a good thing. You're keeping up with that. But, but holy means it's really set apart. It's a different. It's completely different. It's unique. So, what, so, so our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You, God, are unique and you're different. You're set apart from everything else. So the first thing you're doing when you get into the Lord's Prayer is you're declaring the uniqueness and the separateness of the God that you worship, Yahweh. You're saying, Yahweh, you're different, you're better than the rest, you're completely set apart. So the first thing you're doing is you're entering into praise when you're doing that. And you're also making the recognition in your mind that God is different. Um, and so that's what I take, it, take away from that. It's, it's just the idea that God, Father, you're on a totally different level. And I'm, a, I'm coming to you knowing who I am and knowing who you are. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, he's preaching this in the context of the gospel of the kingdom of God. 
Um, he's preaching a sermon on the kingdom, and you, this, this causes your mind to recognize, yeah, what's the kingdom about? What's that kingdom idea? Um, and then he repeats it, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not an uncommon line. There's other religions back in the day that, that they would, their tagline for a lot of their things, as above, so below. But what God is saying is he's saying, he's taking it and he's taking it a little bit further. He's saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What were we created to do? We were created to bring the kingdom to earth. Garden of Eden, you go back, you have the garden in the middle of the earth. It's heaven-like in that garden. And it was humanity's call to spread that throughout the whole earth. So it's hearkening back to that. It's saying, we're back in the family now. We're back. We're in the family business. We're reconnected with God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so it's that idea that for thousands of years now, it is still Yahweh's intent to bring the kingdom to earth, to spread it all over, to make earth like heaven. And in the end, we get that. In the end, we get the, they're going to come together. Revelation shows us it all comes together. We end up back in this garden earth. And he is just emphasizing right here. And, and, and remember, he's, he's telling Hebrews how to pray. They already know this. I mean, they're going through the Torah at least once a year. Like, this is in their mind. They know. It's hearkening back. It's, it's your back. Bring this kingdom. Um, and again, that's us saying this out loud, trying to align ourselves with the kingdom mandate that's been given to us. And it's supposed to get it into your minds when you're praying. And so, get kingdom focused. That's the idea of that. We're positioning our minds to see this every day if we're praying this. Um, give us today our daily bread. Um, for us, we don't really think about the provisioning of bread anymore, but back in the day, you were a little more worried about your food. Um, so we use his bread as an example. We could use it as different examples of maybe stuff that we want God to provide for us or stuff that's beyond us. But it is, it is representing provision. That's the, the portion of the prayer you're asking per, for provision. Um, you're just getting it out of the way. The fact that you need stuff, and God knows that you need stuff, so you're summing it up in a line. Um, and, it's, and it's culturally, it makes sense. I mean, we all recognize the idea of needing food and provision. Um, it kind of goes through time, cultures, and economies change, but the idea of provisioning doesn't. So, so God, give us our daily bread. Take care of our provisioning. Um, and forgive us our debt as we have forgiven our debtors. Again, we are not perfect. We are not in a glorified body yet. We make mistakes. And it's the, it's the asking and the forgiveness. You can, debts, some people go back and forth with debts and sins. Um, it translates debts, but that's just another way to look at sins anyway. On the spiritual level, you're looking at sin as debts. Jesus paid those debts. Um, as we have forgiven our debtors. And this always makes me think, when I go through this, he's also, you know, they ask Jesus, hey, what's the greatest commandment? He says, to love your God with all your heart, mind. And then, um, he, and then the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. It, it's you know, it's kind of plugging this back into the prayer here too. You're starting off, the first half of this prayer is loving God, talking to God. God, you are this. God, we are aligned with you. And then the second part is 
you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. We're taking, you know, we're taking responsibility and we need to forgive others. So it's just, it's putting those principles in there. And, and then he follows this up, which we'll talk about in a little bit, about the debts and debtors as far as forgiving people and the importance of forgiveness. Um, but the idea is that, that we, want to, we want to come before God, you know, clean, as clean as we can. We want to come before God. We don't, we don't want to bring in crap that we might feel for other people that we interact with at our workplace or in our life. We need to take care of that. We do the same thing with communion. Remember when we sometimes we talk about communion and we're reading the verses that precede communion? It says, get things right. You know, basically, if you, you hold things against your brother, things, it's that importance. It's the idea that now you're, you're having this time with your creator God and you need to come in, just, just come in, leave that stuff behind. And if not, talk to God, get rid of it. Because he is, he is hollowed. He's holy. He's separated. And we need to come into him like that. Um, and then the next part, for some people, gets controversial with, with translations because they get, they get people. But they lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, or to other translations, the manuscripts are pretty much half and half with all the old, the old scripts. Evil or evil one. I think that if you believe in dark spiritual forces, which I think the Bible clearly says are there, it doesn't really matter if you say evil or evil one, it amounts to the same thing. Um, but that's why you might see that in different translations, the evil or the evil one. And the idea is, uh, some people think it's really controversial. To, why are you asking God to not lead us into temptation? Does God lead us into temptation? That's a question. Does God lead us into temptation? No? I don't think the answer is as clear cut. <laughs> and the only reason I say that is because we're in Matthew 6, and you just go a couple chapters back, and it says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted. So he led Jesus into the... It's, it's a complicated thing, and that's why theologically some people get, they get up in arms about it Jesus is praying this, and Jesus just got led into the desert for 40 days and was t tempted. And uh, I don't know. I think it's one of those, I can, I can see where people are at both ways with it. Um, but Jesus is saying, pray it this way. And, and I, looked into the, I looked into the translation stuff as best that I could, not being a Greek or an uh, Aramaic scholar. And temptation is, temptation are, are like trials, God lead us not into trials and, um, or get us out of trials or get us out of temptations. There's lots of different ways that you can look at that. Um, but the deliver us from evil is a pretty, pretty non-controversial word. I mean, it's, I think we, we all recognize there's evil in the world. There's, there's human evil. There's the spiritual evil. There's just evil. And um, so we can all agree on that. Um, and again, I think, I think when I read that, I, it does make me think about like the spiritual armor. And so when I started praying this, I started, when I'm done with this, I'll move into the spiritual armor and I thank God for protection from that. I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, so that's the Lord's prayer. And so some people are like, well, where's the, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. It's not in there. It's that, that verse is from later when, when Paul's teaching, he uses that verse, you know, yours is. So it's biblical. 
Um, that's something that got added on later, traditionally, with the, with the Lord's Prayer. That's something that they added. So, um, so you have the Lord's Prayer, and then they add that line. Both of them are in your New Testament. So it's not like it's an unbiblical thing. They just kind of added them together. I like it. I like it added on. I like the idea of, again, professing to God that he's number one. And uh, so, so there, there, there's that. If you don't want to add it on when you pray it, you don't have to add it on when you pray it. You can do whatever. But, um, so that's why that's not on there. And so then after he gives you the Lord's Prayer, he immediately follows it up. With, with a little more look at that forgiveness part. Because the forgiveness part seems to be very important to Jesus. Um, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I looked into translation stuff for that. I think it says what it says. I think it's pretty sincere. And I think that's a, for some people, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow because they think about the forgiveness of their sins from God. And I do believe that that's a one and done thing. But I do believe that there is that positioning of your heart and forgiveness to others that if that is not taken care of, it says something about your relationship with God. And I don't want to get legalistic with it, but I, um, this, is, this is Jesus. So, to put that in the context that it's Jesus, it doesn't matter what I think about it. This is what he's putting out. And, and this is also put out later if you think about like the parable of the, there's the parable of the guy who had servants and the servants owed him money and the one servant came and he forgave the servant of this and there was a servant that owed him a ton of money and then that servant came, he forgave that servant of the tons of money. But then that servant had, servant had a servant himself who owed him very little, but he threw him in prison about it. And then Jesus is like, uh-uh, in the parable, that king ends up throwing that servant into torment, perpetual torment and chains, which sounds like hell. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty harsh parable, too, that just re reinforces what he's saying here in Matthew 6. This forgiveness thing, I mean, we could preach on forgiveness for a couple weeks. Um, it's pretty deep. It, I mean, it, I know people that, once they've gotten through some forgiveness issues, like I've seen health improve. So, so this, is very, this is very important. And, and the fact that it's in the Lord's Prayer, and if you make it a routine, hopefully this is like, it'll get you on that forgiveness train on a daily basis to make sure, because you start digging in your heart, and things that you think you're doing pretty good, and then something pops up, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. How am I with that? And... Uh, the better we may feel, <laughs> the more open and honest we are, we may see more things. It just seems to be the way that it works. Um, and so I, I just, I want to I wanna emphasize the importance of forgiveness. And uh, I want to emphasize that forgiveness is not just a blank check to go back to situations. If you're in bad situations or you're around people that are it's not that. It's not saying that I have to have a renewed relationship with that person. It's just saying I forgive that person, and in my heart I know I feel like, like the animosity or the anger or whatever that unforgiveness feels like to you. That, that's, that's what we're talking about. Um, don't put yourself back in 
dumb situations thinking it's part of a forgiveness plan. That's just, that's just stupid. So, but be careful, guard yourself, but forgive. You, you gotta have that forgiveness. Um, it's good for your life. Just good for your life. It's good for your relationship with God, but it's good for your life. And God wants to get you there. Um, so what this did for me, uh, just, just going through with the Lord's Prayer, I've been doing it now because I had a hard time staying focused and making sure that I had times for prayer. So what I did is I kind of went, I went and looked, and I was like, I think I can handle, I think I can go back to like, in Jesus' time, a lot of times they prayed three times a day like this, or they recited things. So for me, what I did to start with is I just said, I'm going to do this three times a day. Definitely going to do it when I wake up. Definitely going to do it sometime during the day. Usually I do it before I get into programming with the kids at work. Before I start dealing with all the kids, I'll try to do, I'll try to do a small prayer time. And then um, I do it before I go to bed. I just, it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's, it's a check-in with God and hopefully more than just a check-in. But at the very least, it's a check-in with God. It's, it's taking those times to check in. And so what I do, this is what's worked for me, is the Lord's Prayer has given me a structure because I can look at the Lord's Prayer and I can see, you know, I can just, I can recite the words, but at the same time, it puts my focus. So for example, if I'm, if I'm about to go into my work with the kids at school and I'm going through the Lord's Prayer and I get into your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay, that puts my mind into a phrase, am I open to what God wants to do for the kingdom today while I'm with these kids? That's how it works. If forgive, forgive me my sins as I have forgiven others, do I have an employer or a kid that irritates me to no end or has slighted me in some way, I can realign my heart right there. If I'm, if, you know, because I'll know, because I'll know that I'm annoyed. And if I'm annoyed, it's because there's something that I haven't given up because I don't need to be annoyed. It's not, it's not my thing. And uh, so, so that's kind of how it works. And in the morning, it kind of focuses me. I look at what I'm doing in the day. How does your kingdom interact with my day? And at night, you're just, it's, it's kind of like, I use it kind of like a cleanup too as far as getting with God and getting, what during the day did I, did I was I around something that was kind of defiling or was I, was I overburdened with some stress or some anxiety from situations and, and why? And it kind of makes me dig in and it lets me focus with some of these lines will remind me of what to dig into. The other thing I do in the morning to get going with prayer is I'll, I'll do the Lord's Prayer I have that time of reflection with it where I'm talking to God, laying things out, and then I go through the spiritual armor. And the only thing I do normally with the spiritual armor is nothing, nothing crazy or long. Is I just, God, I thank you for the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes that bring the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. And then I just thank him for protection and I just ask him, I usually ask for protection for myself, I ask him for protection for my family, and I ask him for protection for the church family today as we all go through our days. And just, just again, asking God for that protection, protection and just laying it out there. It's very quick, it's very simple. He is an omnipotent creator God. I don't need to make it extravagant. He knows situations that I don't know. And so I leave that to him. And what, what that's done, is it's, it's giving me those reminders during the day. And then, I, then if things pop up and I feel like I need to pray, I pray between those, those check-ins or whatever you'd call them. And uh, for me, that's really worked because, because it doesn't have to be long in circumstances. It doesn't have to be long at all. Um, but I would just say that if you're going to do it, don't, don't let it become an empty tradition. Make sure that like, 
when you're saying the words, you're realizing and understanding the words as you say it, because we can all just rattle it off. At that point, then it's just become something that's empty, if, you're just, if, it, if it feels like a duty. Um, but it can be quick. I mean, I, w- I would encourage you, take five minutes, go through stuff, take a little reflection time, aim for three times a day maybe, and then just get that, get that feeling that there's that, open, there's that open connection between you and God. Um, Jesus is listening. And, you know, if you've got this form, you get the form down, and then, then freestyle. You know, just freestyle off the form and, and, and try to enter into some kind of regular, regular prayer life. And prayer, prayer is more than that. I mean, there's different prayer types within the Bible, and you could do word studies and looks at prayer. I'm just saying, if you have a hard time praying, whether you get bored, whether you get sleepy, whether you don't feel like you know where to start, um, start with this. Just try starting with it. It's good. Jesus said, pray like this. That's good enough for me to know that it's legitimate. I have, I have, I was, when I was in college, I attended a church and, and it baffled me. A lady got up to preach and she said, they covered the Lord's Prayer a little bit, but she said, you don't have to do that anymore because you have the Holy Spirit. I was like, that's weird because it's a command of Jesus. But I think what happens is, again, people have traditionalized things and turned things into empty traditions that lack power, so they cut them off. And while you don't, you don't need this, you shouldn't have any kind of tradition because now the Holy Spirit will tell you exactly what to pray all the time. And Jesus said, pray like this. It's not the only way that you pray. It's not a restriction on prayer. He's saying do it. So, you know, I think it's important. Jesus says do it. So I just encourage us all to do it. Does that make sense? And, and when we do it, let's not, let's not empty it of meaning. Let's think about what it means and what it applies with our lives when we're doing it. Um, about it. It's worked for me. It's helped with me in staying focused during the day on, on a better spiritual mindset. And it, it makes me look at events in my life that are currently happening and trying to find a way to seek God's solution and God's ideas for those things. And um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, hopefully this was encouraging. And if some of you have a hard time with the prayer thing, Give this a whirl, see what happens for you. Um, And at the very least, maybe you'll just get some minutes of peace, which is very important. Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to have a song. And if people would like to come up for prayer um, for anything, you're free to. This is the normal routine now. And if you don't, that's okay. Once the song, the worship song is done, they're going to put on the can music and free, free dismissed. So I'm going to pray. Jesus, we thank you for instructions on how to pray. We thank you that you knew ahead of time and you cared. And Lord, we thank you that you emphasized what's important. So Jesus, we just thank you for being a good teacher. Yahweh, we thank you for knowing what we need before we even ask. We thank you that you are so far above all those lesser beings Lord, that you are always, always watching, always taking care. And uh, I don't understand how that works all the way, but I don't think I'll get to that point where I do, but I just thank you for it, God.
And I just ask that we go about our week, Holy Spirit, that you would remind us to pray um, in whatever form we need to, to do it with and whatever it takes to get us. But Lord, I just ask for that encouragement, those promptings from you to pray. Uh, Jesus, we love you. We just thank you for all of this. And I just ask that you would be with us throughout the week. And just bless us as we go about our week. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen.